Good afternoon, boxing fans around the world. Back again on Combat Talk Radio, found at combattalkradio.net with a our weekend of boxing updates here. Feel free to check us out. Once again, the site is combattalkradio.net. Leave us some comments, questions, suggestions, feedback on how we're doing, and we will get right into our weekend of boxing. Afternoon, boxing fans. We're going to cover our weekend of boxing. We have a couple of events on deck, nothing exciting, but I do think most of them are worth watching if you're a fan anyway. But we'll breeze through this. It won't take too long. We've got some pretty good names on docket at the top. The return of CM Punk, uh, George Camposas Jr. Oh, I've, I'm a fan of his, by the way, but I think he's got, he's a little bit lofty in the head. Like he thinks he's bigger than he is. I like the guy, but I think he's bigger than he is. His, his claim to fame is beating Tiafimo and then Tiafimo ducking him. Then he goes and takes two L's to Devin Haney. No problem. I think he had a decent showing of himself as far as what he could do, but Devin Haney exposed some flaws in the guy's game. So Cambosa's going to be fighting Maxie Hughes. Maxie Hughes is a really solid fighter. He's a little bit older. He's been, he's been on a tear. He's been on a really good run. So to me, it would not surprise me to see Maxie Hughes beat Cambosis here. Cambosis has been overlooking the dude. If you're local, it's at the Fire Lake Arena out in Shawnee here in the U.S. But I think I personally think Cambosis may be overlooking this guy. I think Hughes is tough. I think he's there to fight. And it's going to be a good fight for as long as it lasts. I, I expect a stoppage as possible. If it doesn't go stoppage, if it does not go stoppage, I think it favors Cambosis. But if it does go stoppage, it to me, that's more Hughes that could pull the upset if there's going to be one. I'm saying that it's not outside the realm of possibility. That's on ESPN in the U.S., Sky Sports in the U.K. If you want to check that out, 12 rounds of lightweight action for the IBF championship. I, I think, I don't know. I think I, I've watched people talk online about this fight, and I just find it interesting that pretty much nobody gives Maxie Hughes any chance to beat this guy. I see why. But I think a lot of that's just kind of going off of what Cambosis did against Tiafimo, and people are having muscle memory about it, and they're not really giving Maxie Hughes the fair credit. Maxie Hughes, like I said, he's coming off a tear. He's been on the street, whereas, again, Cambosis lost. He has two L's back-to-back, his most recent. Maxie Hughes has more experience than Cambosis. Maxie Hughes has more fights than Cambosis. Maxie Hughes is not going to knock you out, but he is just a good boxer. He's just skilled, and he's a southpaw. So... All I'm saying, I'm not making a hard prediction. I'm just saying, I think Maxie Hughes is not getting fair credit, but we're going to see something that might surprise us. Cambosis feels like, feels like, coming off those losses, he's not the same guy and that his peak was Tiafimo. We'll see what happens there. The undercard of that same event here, that's going to be 10 rounds at lightweight action. Keyshawn Davis makes his return against Francesco Patera. I've, uh, Keyshawn Davis, of course, is the A-side. that's being promoted very heavily, but... Patera is not a slouch. Patera is coming off of a win streak. Patera has significantly more experience. Patera is not a a hard punch knockout artist. He's boxer. He's skilled. He's heavily skilled. But Keyshawn Davis is on another level when we talk about boxing talent. One of the most talented fighters I think I've seen in the most recent era. Very explosive, very dominant in there. I don't see that there's any chance that Patera deals with Davis as far as wins. I see an easy win for Davis. But I think Patera's going to have a moment. I think he's going to have some moment during the fight where Davis gets a little bit exposed and then Davis is just going to adjust and get him out of there. Still a good fight for what it is because, again, both guys are coming off win streaks, cannot be underrated uh, or understated. 
The other fight I saw in that same, again, same event, this one's going to be 10 rounds of welterweight action. We've got Giovanni Santillan, and he's fighting Eric Bonet. Eric Bonet, I, he's been in the game a long time. He's been on a steep decline. I think his peak, if you can call it a peak, was when he fought Chris Algieri. Of course, Bonet has five losses back-to-back. He's, he's, he's on a steep decline. And then, of course, Santillan is undefeated, 30-0, southpaw, dominant victories. Santillan, I like the dude. I, but here's the thing. I was checking online. People think it's a toss-up. People think it's a 50-50. People think Bonet has a shot against this dude. I don't know what they see. I don't, because Bonet has, like, moments and fights. But I, given these two, I think Santillan takes this easy. I, I feel like he takes it easy and deals with Bonet and possibly retires Bonet in the ring. That's how I feel about it. I, I don't see what they see. Maybe years ago when Bonet was, like, in his, in his mid-20s, maybe. He's not. He's, like, mid-30s now. He's a little bit older. So, but just coming off of a five-fight loss streak is this dude, and that's six losses total. So that tells you he was already on the decline. He's, a, I'm a good guy, you know, but I'm looking at the numbers, and I don't see it. Personal opinion on that one. The last fight I saw on docket, Serie Boyachuk fighting Patrick Alate. This is 10 rounds of super welterweight action. This is out in Santa Inez in the U.S. at the Schumas Casino. I know about Borchuk. He recently fought, um, I forget who he fought, but he, he took a pretty dominant loss in that fight. But that's the only loss on his record, and he's been on a tear ever since. It's kind of like Vosdick in the sense that he's solid except for the one loss he has, and most people have been dismissing him ever since he took the L. But the dude is still here, man. The dude is still dominant. He's still young. He's fresh. I would argue he's hitting his prime, if we're honest, because let's, let's look at the stats here, man. The dude has... I want to say 23 fights total. And of the 23 fights, he's won 22 of them because he had the one loss. He's knocked out everybody that he's beaten. The dude is here. The dude is dangerous. And then Alate on the flip, he's not that old, but he's not that impressive either. He's been in the game a long time. He's been in since 2006. He has way more pro rounds in the books. Skills, he's got power in both hands. He's a good dude, good skilled fighter. But let's be honest here. The, although he has his own power in his own right, I think what's going to play in on this one, Boachuk seems to just be able to get one-punch knockouts, just get you out of there. He's done it on multiple occasions, usually about the middle of the fight. That's what I expect will happen here. I expect that Boachuk's probably about maybe somewhere between round six and nine. I think there's going to be a knockout of Alate, and then Alate, I think he'll continue because he's still a young dude. Remember, Alate got knocked out in his last fight in four rounds, so that's why... It's not saying Alate's on a decline. I don't think so. I think Alate, he tends to leave himself open because he's going after knockouts because he's a knockout guy himself, and I think he leaves himself open. And you can't leave yourself open against a guy like Boachuk, in my opinion, anyway. Most people online agree with me that Boachuk is just going to showcase something special on this guy. Boachuk is in line for a title shot should he win this one. I think the eyes are going to be on him at super welterweight, 154. So we'll have to see what that happens. And then, of course, with Jamel Charlo, baby Charlo fighting Canelo here soon. There's not going to be the uh, undisputed titles on the line for Jamel's side. So he's the undisputed champion. But there's a theory that Jamel's going to vacate the titles or be stripped of them if he ends up losing. I don't know if that happens, but once we free up 154, we got to see where we're at. We got to see what's going to happen here. And I think it's good. I think it's a good time for boxing. I think we're starting to see some really good fights. Of course, coming up very soon are some good welterweight fights 
we're starting to see a new crop of welterweights emerge, and we got to see what happens there. And then 154 might free up, depending on the outcome for Jamal and Canelo. That's what I got for this weekend. I'm probably not going to check these fights live. I might. I have to think about it, but probably not. But I will check in after the fact and see what happened on some of these because I am especially interested in see Keyshawn's rise and see how he develops as a fighter. And then coming up soon, I'm e eager to see the return of guys like Blair Cobbs. I want to see uh, Cody Crowley get back in the ring. That would be good to see him back in. Uh, Via, if he is able to recover, I want to see him get back in the ring. I also want to see what happens to Kambosis. I want to see if he's able to rebuild from the dominant losses he took to Devin Haney and come back and be a player, at least in the lower weight classes. So I still think they're good fights. I'm not trying to trash the fights at all. I think they're really good fights, simply that I'm looking for the big fish that's out there, not just Spence, but just bigger fish that's out there, and more toss-up fights, fights where it doesn't, you can't really see it on the numbers. You can't really tell who's going to take the next step in the divisions. And, of course, we're still waiting on heavyweight because it's kind of frozen out because Joshua, apparently he's going to be fighting Dillian White in a fight nobody wanted. Uzik apparently is not going to fight anybody in the short term. Wilder's trying to get Ruiz. Ruiz is ducking him in the short term. We got some turmoil in the upper weight classes, and then the lower weight classes has some action, but we're waiting to build up to those big fights. So keep tuned. I think it's going to free up, and I think we're going to have a really good second half of 2023 in the next uh, set of fights that we got. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Combat Talk Radio, Masterpiece Boxing, found at combattalkradio.net. I want to thank you for listening today, whether you are a subscriber or not. I know you have choices, and I appreciate you for being here. Just to remind those that are new to the show, Combat Talk Radio records every Friday, so once a week in the Pacific time zone. And then Lifeblood of Boxing series, which is our coverage of the boxers I think are worth your time and give to the sport. That's once per month. It does not have a fixed schedule, but once a month I'll have a release until I run out of ones that I think are worth covering. Or Lifeblood of Boxing. So those are our two programs. It is podcast only at this point. We want to hear from you. So combattalkradio.net at the bottom. Hit comments, feedback. Let us know how we're doing. If there's anything that you'd like to see us adjust or improve, we want to hear from you, and we are open to that feedback. We also are open to starting up the YouTube again, but it seemed like that died off when Lomachenko took a loss, and we don't know why. So if somebody knows why or they'd like to hear the YouTube coverage, let us know that as well in the comments. And we are open to doing it. We just need to make sure the fans are there. Right now they're on the podcast, not on the YouTube for whatever reason specific. We're open either way. Anyhow, that'll do it. And I will see you guys next week.